one man has a talk show on 77 WABC, and that man's name is... It's Dominic Carter. I am him. And with us now, Dominic Carter. Nice to be with you, Dominic. It gets better. You need to talk to Dominic Carter. It's about to go down. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. A number of serious issues, topics to get to this morning. Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor Eric Adams, don't you see that what you are doing could actually cost you the election? I know conventional wisdom says a Democratic mayor one term is guaranteed a second term. Nobody challenged you on the Democratic side. Democratic city, you cruise to re-election. Look at de Blasio, for example. But I'm telling you, Mr. Mayor, the warning signs are going off. Don't you see what you are doing as it relates to migrants could cost you the election? Mayor Adams suggested a few hours ago that the city's Migrant crisis is getting so out of hand that New Yorkers should stop asking him to solely address it and instead consider what they can do to help. That means you. The mayor says this is a moment of crisis where people need to stop asking, Eric, what are you doing? This is a moment we need to ask, what are we doing? No, Mr. Mayor. You welcomed the migrants here. You. You and your progressive friends and the progressive in the White House. You. Not us. You. So the mayor wants everyday New Yorkers to get more involved. And uh, Mr. Mayor, be, be very, very careful. This, as Mayor Adams, is taking away sports for kids to a degree for newly arrived migrants. You can't have your sports fields fields because the migrants are going to be there. And the latest number, over 10,000 migrants continuing to arrive monthly in New York, demanding shelter, meals, and services. Hey, at least... At least we are getting one glowing review from one migrant regarding McCarran Park, the shelter there, with the review with the migrant stating that they get hot meals, snacks, and, of course, the large pool. The migrant says there's nothing they stop us from doing. I'm going to tell you about that review in just a moment. Staten Island, Staten Island assisted living facility, 288 beds will turn into a New York City migrant shelter, local officials say. So let's let's talk about the uh, the shelter for a second at McCarran Park between Williamsburg and Greenpoint. And according to one migrant that's staying there. You get three hot meals a day. You get spacious, clean living quarters. And, of course, you get to use the pool. The migrant, his first name, Miguel, 39-year dad of two from Venezuela, says they treat us very well, very well. There's nothing they stop us from doing. There's no curfew at the shelter, he says. And... They get good hot food. I mean, this is a marvelous review from this migrant, which is freshly made. He says the food is very good, mostly Venezuelan food, pasta and rice with chicken, beef or goat. Lunch is mostly chicken and rice. He says the other day he had a chicken cutlet. He says you can get water and juice whenever you want. No limit. Water and juice whenever you want, no limit. Wow, look at that. Look at that. Isn't it just marvelous? Water and juice whenever you want. So he says he has applied for 
Asylum and already had one interview with Immigration and Customs Enforcement in New York City. And he has a immigration court hearing date scheduled for, you ready for this? 2025. 2025. And that's an early date. That's an early one. So until then, you and I, the taxpayer, may be responsible for uh, his lifestyle. And uh, the the migrant and this lovely review of McCarran Park, the shelter there, says that he understands the process is very slow because we are not hundreds who cross the border. We are thousands. And that takes work to process. He adds. He came to America to make a better life for his family and earn a decent wage, adding he's happy that he did. So what happened to fleeing political persecution and fearing for your life and and all of that? As it relates to Staten Island, right? According to a letter that's been signed by a number of officials, quote, This site was an important cornerstone in our senior care system, and we have been advocating to the owner of the site to sell to an entity with a similar in use as a senior retirement facility. Right. It's uh, signed by a local council member, Carr, by Borough President Vito Fasella, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, State Senator Andrew Lanza, uh, and uh, and a, a few assembly members, right? And so, translation, they wanted the next buyer of this senior citizen home, 288 beds, to do similar things like what's being done now in terms of care for senior citizens. But oh no, but oh no. And currently, there, there are 53 individuals living there. This is going to be now be a shelter for Migrants. Now, how is this going to work with all of the local officials adamantly against it? The migrant situation. One of the stories that we're covering this morning, and we're going to start with your telephone calls in just a minute. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Another issue, and this one really sickens me to my stomach. A family attacked by teenagers on the New York City subway, an Asian-American family. They were enjoying their final night of a six-week vacation before this vicious assault. A 51-year-old woman, 51-year-old woman with her husband and their 11-year-old twin daughters on the final night of their vacation, minding their own business, when three teenage girls sitting across from them began to loudly laugh at them for no apparent reason. You want something to laugh at, young ladies? Laugh at the fact that your life is going nowhere. Chances are you are the walking dead. You just don't know it yet. That's what I saw when I looked in these young ladies' faces. Is that harsh, Dominic? Absolutely. Is it the truth, Dominic? Absolutely. So the mother, this is a 51-year-old woman being disrespected by teenagers in the presence of her twin daughters and her husband. So she says she looked up from her phone, and the young ladies were sitting opposite from them. And they started pointing at the Asian-American family. And then they started laughing at them. And so the mother says that she started laughing with them, doing exactly what they're doing, except for the young ladies took exception to it. So their demeanors changed. And that's when all the insults started coming. The mother says, the only thing I might have said Get this. The only thing I might have said was we support Black Lives Matter. So this family you're attacking from Vegas 
support you young ladies that are African-American and Latino, the three in this group. I might have said we support Black Lives Matter. Why are you doing that? Why are you so angry, adding that she did advise the girls to stay in school? You can look at the faces of these young ladies, and school is the last thing on their mind. I want you to listen. I want you to listen to what this sounded like, the back and forth on the subway. The assailants, the walking dead, those teenagers, only they don't know it yet. They soon will know with their lives, but they don't know it yet. You heard yourself the way they disrespected a 51-year-old woman, not just her, sitting there with her husband and her 11-year-old twin daughters. And you heard, you heard, we cleaned it up the best that we could. You heard how they talked to this 51-year-old woman when they were berating her. Where's mama? What did mama teach you? Disgusting. This is what the Asian-American woman had to say, describing what she had to undergo. It was just insults after insults after insults. And finally, my husband felt like he needed to step in. And so he started saying, you know, can you use some other words besides those? Use some other words besides those. So another woman, an Asian-American woman, I want you to listen to what she has to say. She was videotaping this with the goal that maybe, hopefully, these young ladies would stop once they saw that they were on videotape. What did they do? They walked over and attacked her. She ran over, grabbed me by the hair, threw me on the ground, and like started punching me several times. It should not happen. It should not happen, but it does happen. I want you to listen to this report on, on uh, Channel 2 News in terms of uh, the, the first victim, the 51-year-old woman, right? To show you the good of people, the good of people. After all she went through, those young ladies pulling her hair, punching her. After all she went through, she still feels that this can be a teachable moment that she's not willing to give up on these quote unquote young ladies. My glasses got broken. Um, my, you know, I've had headache for a couple of days now because the, the hair was pulled. And so my scalp was very tender. I've got like a flashy neck. Young says she can heal from all this. And while she wants there to be accountability, she'd like to meet and talk with the girls and especially wants her 11 year old twin daughters to learn from this. I want everybody to see that we can actually bridge this. That may be that there's good in those girls. And I want something positive to come out. Bystanders were able to get the family and Lynn out of the train safely. Joanne Yu is president of the Asian American Federation, which started its Hope Against Hate initiative, promoting situational awareness against hate in communities across the city. I think it's so great to see so many young people, non-Asian, stepping up because they understand the shared commitment. We have to making sure that everybody is safe. Everybody is safe. Civil rights leaders need to tell these kids the truth, the honest, the God truth. You're the walking dead, only you don't know it yet.
and life is about to catch up to you in a big way and nobody's going to care about what happens to you. And you will have a lifetime of dependency on government and that's at best case scenario. Another story that we are following, the head, it, it just seems like everything that uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio touches, poof, <laughs> it's just done. The head of de Blasio's police security detail, Howard Redman, is expected, according to published reports, to turn himself in at Manhattan Criminal Court in just hours on charges stemming from an investigation into his efforts to stifle a city investigation into the ex-mayor's misuse of his detail. Redman, a former NYPD inspector, is expected to be arraigned on criminal charges this afternoon after surrendering to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, according to to publish the counts. Now, it, it is it has also been reported that the NYPD fired him, fired Redman after his July 11th suspension with the department confirming that he had been dismissed without further details. So en route to work a few hours ago, and we're going to start with your telephone calls in just a second. Curtis Lewa, as he often does, the guy is always working, sent me an email. And it was an email. I'm going to let you hear part of it in just a second. It was an email of things are so bad when it comes to crime in the nation's capital that one local councilman wants the National Guard to come in. As you're listening to this report, this report from WUSA Channel 9, I want you to listen carefully to the litany of just recent murders within the last 24 hours. There is a lot of pain in this community and a lot of frustration. Some D.C. leaders believe it's time to bring in the National Guard. They're saying this crime is out of control and it's time to call for backup. The mother of Bernard Hodges, the victim of the Good Hope shooting, is pleading on city leaders for change. Community members, business owners and church leaders stood by her side. And we're here today standing in solidarity saying enough is enough. Good Hope Road was a scene of a triple homicide on Saturday. On Sunday, another shooting near Wilmington Place that left one man dead and another in the hospital. On Friday, a double homicide in Adams Morgan. Aside from demanding assistance from the National Guard, leaders talked about getting better mental health resources in the community, better policing and better after-school programs to get young people off the streets and away from guns. We heard from the mother of Bernard Hodges. She says the community also needs to do a better job of speaking up when they see something. We need to stop being afraid of saying we're snitching. That word needs to go under the ground. Under the ground. We need to bury that word. There's no such thing as snitching when you're trying to protect your community. No such thing as snitching. The people that came up with that slogan, that marketing campaign, obviously are the criminals. And what did the community do? I don't snitch. I'm not telling. NYPD, I didn't see nothing. Get out of my face. But then what happens when it's your mother that's the victim or your sister? It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. Let's start with the telephone calls. We're dealing with a, a number of topics. I feel so badly for the Asian American family. Minding your business on the subway and these three young ladies that they are the walking dead. They just don't know it yet. And they decide to start a confrontation with you and attack you for no other reason than you're Asian American. Why? Let's start with the calls. Let's begin with Mike in New Jersey. Good morning, Mike. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, sir. I apologize for changing the subject, but I, I do want to say it's an honor to talk to you. And uh, 
I, I want to let you know uh, you, the way you treat your callers with dignity, no matter what they do, as far as disagreeing and stuff. But I, the other day, uh, a few weeks ago, I heard that you had written a book. I had no idea what the book was about. I just went to the library, picked it up. I read the preface, and I kind of melted. Um, it's it's amazing. Uh, I'm halfway through it. I'm reading it slowly and page by page. And uh, believe me, you're helping people. Uh, my wife of 43 years had some issues paralleled with her dad. And uh, when I read her quips from the book about you going to Laverne's uh, funeral, and how you felt, uh, you know, it brings out those feelings in her that were the same way. And um, like I said, I, I don't, I know you have a lot of callers to get to, but um, you're helping her. And I hope people go out and read, not your mama's boy. Um, I think you're going to help a lot of people or more than you ever, ever realized. Um, because as I read her parts from your book, she, uh, you know, she, I could see in her eyes that she's taking it in trying to get her to read the whole book but you know it's one of those things so um with that i just want to thank you and well, uh, it's a great book well mike thank thank you very much and i i really do wish your your wife the best uh i i wrote the book for that for that reason for people that have gone through similar things that i've gone through which which is a very 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 tough upbringing and um i i want your wife to know that um you know, I speak about these issues all over the country. I'm brought in all over the country. And oftentimes, nowhere, no matter where I am, it doesn't matter the race. It doesn't matter what the person does for a living. A living I've, had, I've had college president's wives come up to me. And I can always tell what they're about to say because they say, can I speak to you in private? And it's normally a bunch of people around me. And I say yes. And I, you know, go and, and then the eyes start to swell with the tears. And then they break down and they say, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but for the first time, I'm revealing this in my life. And and so tell her to please hang in there uh, to read it when, when she's ready. I hope that she will uh, read the book. I think that it will help her. Uh, I, I, I really do, uh, because the subtitle of the, uh, the book is um, basically how I got over my past and embraced the future. And so you yes. could spend your entire life in pain over bad things that have happened, or you can choose to say, I'm going to live and I'm going to go forward. So I wrote the book, Mike, uh, because growing up, I didn't see, I didn't see any kids that had gone through situations like me. And I never wanted another child to go through the abuse that I did. Um, and, and on a number of fronts. And so that's why I wrote it. Mike, thank you. Your call means the uh, the world to me. Thank you. And folks, I, I get asked this a lot. If you're interested in the book, it's no mama's boy, but it's not, it's not a walk in the park. It's my true life story. And it's real. It's as real as real gets. You can order it on Amazon, but you can also order it from the WABC website. You can also order it from my website. If you order it from my website or WABC, I can personally sign it for you. That's uh, DominicCarterOnline.com, DominicCarterOnline.com. Obviously, if you order it through Amazon, I cannot sign it, but but it is a real story, and, and that's why, that's one of the reasons, Mike, why I have patience generally when people call, because they have no idea what I've gone through in my life to get here before these microphones. But thank you, Mike, for the call, and I wish your wife all the success in the world. Let's go to Pete now on Staten Island. Good morning, Pete. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, Dominic. I'm going out to get your book, definitely. And I got two matters to speak to you on. One about that uh, we're assisted living in Staten Island. My cousin was there. He's one year younger than me. He's like 67. And uh, he was forced out. They raised up the rate. They said they're going to venerate it, you know, uh, fix it up and uh, they had him move out. They know about this more than a year because they were cleaning it out. They knew that they would be able to do this with the migrants. I don't care what they say because they forced him out. Now, uh, the thing is now they uh, were fixing it up because I did pass there. 
They knew that they were going to do this. This isn't just something on the spare of the moment. Hey, they hey, planned hey, this. Is it on Staten Island? Is it a residential community? Is it a nice area? Well, it's a sister area. Assisted living. It got wiped out during Sandy. No, no, I know. And but like, I'm talking about the area, the surrounding community. Yeah, it is. It's uh, like a... Uh, it's in uh, Midland Beach there. Okay, so is that, is that a nice resident? I don't know the area, so oh, that's yes. why I'm asking. Yes, very, okay. very nice. A okay, so very nice, and, had... and you're going to put a bunch of migrants in there. Right. It's just, that's disgusting, really. It's totally wrong that my cousin who needed a facility like that, my cousin could dance. He taught me how to dance. I used to go to 2001, and I used to make a scene. You know, my cousin was very good instructed, but he was deaf. And he also had special needs. But uh, that's the thing. And on the second point, I want to thank uh, Martin in uh, uh, Saratoga, I believe it's, uh, that he yeah, offered me to come with him. My wife, they appreciate it. I know the legality with the network. You can't leave numbers and do stuff like right. that. But if you want to get in touch with me, get in touch with uh, the Limelight Grimaldi's on 20th Street. And if you relay the me- you know message your phone number, I could get in touch with you because I'd love to speak. Yeah, I love the concern and the concern that you did that night when I got a little uh, mellow with the discussion of raising children. You know, well, so that's, thank I want to thank everybody. Thank you, and and uh, much 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 love uh, going out your way. Thank you. Let's go to Elma and Carol. Good morning, Carol. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Hi, Dominic. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and I hope you are as well. <laughs> I'm like, forget about it. My head is like a firecracker. I come from Greenpoint. We have a home there that's over 100 years old. Was This year, it was valued at almost $2 million. This is the area of Greenpoint where you can't get a house under a million dollars, Dominic. And this is a block and a half from McCarran Park where I grew up. And went in the pool and everything. And for them to put these migrants there with the wonderful meals they're getting, I, I think it's terrible. I don't know what's going to happen to the property. I don't know what's going to happen to every, anybody that goes there because the people, there's not many that can't afford Greenpoint. But the ones that don't, they go there for their picnics on the weekend. A lot of Spanish people, all the families there. Because I go in there, my sister still lives there a block and a half away, and I think it's terrible. I listened to John Casamitidis today on the TV, and he said he spoke to Adams about Rikers Island for 30,000 people can go there. So why the hell isn't he sending them there? You know why? You know why? Because the advocates don't want that. That's, that's, not, that's, that's not nice. That's beneath them. It, you it's really shouldn't. You really shouldn't treat them that way. You you know why, Carol? Oh, it's horrible. I can't stand it. I, I just hope they get them out of there soon. Really, I can't believe they're doing all this, though, Dominic. And our poor veterans. I hear. I hear from this. The you know, Rita, her program where they're saying these guys are going to. They're going to thrift shops. They're going to Catholic charities to get clothes for the vets, and nothing is there because they're giving it to the migrants. What's going and, on? And, and how about a meal for them, Carol? Thank oh you. Oh my for, God! Thank you it's for, a horror. It is a horror. Carol, thank you for the call. How about how about a, a custom made meal for veterans? How about that? That fought for the country, pay their taxes, done what they could do to help America. How about a nice uh cultural meal, whatever term you want to use for them, right? How about that? Mr. Mayor, I am telling you, you are committing career. Suicide. I don't care what any of those people that are quote unquote advisors are telling you. You are committing career suicide. You are going to own the migrant issue. And I don't mean that in a good way. It is time for a break. We will be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
Brett Carter, everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are continuing with your telephone calls on a number of issues. And, of course, another one happens to be uh, what happened in Rockaway Beach, that shark attack, the victim saved by quick-thinking New York City lifeguards who literally used rope and sweatpants as a tourniquet to save her life to stop uh, the bleeding the woman uh, she, who goes to the beach five days a week, friendly with the lifeguard staff, she was only about 10 feet off shore, just treading water, relaxing, when the shark clamped its teeth down on her left leg just above her knee. Lifeguards on duty darted into the ocean when they heard her crying for help. Can you imagine that? You hear this woman crying for help. Probably blood in the water. You probably know it's a shark attack and you're jumping in the water anyway, going towards her. Bravery. And what what I'm trying to figure out, folks, maybe some of you can help me. Why is it that sharks are coming closer towards the shoreline? and closer towards humans. What is what is going on here? I mean, you've got to think twice about going to the beach now. Let's continue with your telephone calls. Tony Clifton, New Jersey. Good morning, Tony. What's on your mind? Hello, Dominic. How are you tonight? I'm hot well. Night in, hot night in New York City, let me tell you. It's very hot in New Jersey as well. So... The story about the young family really is very stunning to me, and I'll tell you why. I, I think it's a story that needs to be told, and it shouldn't end. You know, when we think of Daniel Penny and we think of what he's going through and we think of all the stories that New York City is telling or not telling to cover up the, the, the fact that New York is not a safe place, I think this story needs to be told, and I was so touched to hear this woman want to see what's going on with those girls that attack them. And I think that will never happen, Dominic, with Mayor Adams, because the stories of the people that are hurting in New York, if you look in the papers, you never hear their stories. I always see, hear the stories about the, the migrants, uh, the criminals. And I think this is a story that needs to be told. And I know they're, uh, they're from Nevada and they're not here. But I think someone, you know, needs to talk with them. And if they were in New York City, that's a story that needs to be told, because this is a story that tells how our mayor really has encouraged this. By what happened at uh, Union, Union Square just the other day over the weekend, he's showing everyone, you go ahead and do whatever you want. And I think this woman is saying, I'm better than that. I'd love to hear her story. I know they're in Nevada, but I would love if you could speak with them. This is an amazing story. Well, what I'm stuck on, Tony, is that this lady is, what, 51 years old? And these little girls barely know how to wash their face. And you're going to be that disrespectful to, to an elder? And she's there with her husband? And her 11-year-old twin daughters, and you think you have the right to disrespect them because they're Asian-American? And you're calling her the B-word and everything else? I mean, and and nobody, nobody wants to tell the truth. Nobody, Tony, wants to be honest. These kids are the walking dead. They just don't know it yet. They, it, that's the truth. I said it. They're the walking dead. And well, I want to hear go ahead. that young family story. I want to hear their story because they're trying to say, we know there's something wrong with humanity and we want to see what it is. And Mayor Adams wouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole, Dominic. He wouldn't touch it. He wouldn't touch it because he's, he's creating all these young people to be like this. No consequences. They're just young people who need to know these consequences. That's how we all 
sort of learn how to behave when we're younger. This is a story that, that, you know, they're saying they want to talk to the girls. They want to know what, what was the deal. I mean, this is just amazing to think that they're not full of hate for New York City. Like some people come and say this place is horrible. I would love to hear this story. And I bet they thought New York City was safe because that's what they were told. And it's it's interesting that you say that because that's one of the things, Tony, that the uh, that the mother actually uh, talked about, that you read about these things happening in New York, but you don't believe that it can happen to you. That's one of the things. Thank you for the call, Tony. That's one of the things that I, I hear you about wanting to hear hear their story. Um, and I can only tell you that the mother is a better person than I. Because the only thing I would be saying as of right now is, Mr. D.A., I want you to seek the maximum penalty against these young ladies. Whatever the maximum is, that's what I want you to seek. Let's go to our friend Audrey in Brooklyn. Good morning, Audrey. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you, Dominic. Um, I'm a little disturbed about this this nonsense, but I won't talk about it right now. But I have a suggestion. Everyone in the city, instead of um, trying to find something wrong with the uh, mayor, which is, he has his words, call your congressman. Call if you want if you want help for the city. Call them. Every dis every city every district have their own congressperson. Call them and start complaining. They on they on recess, but do something other than just making up stories because a lot of stuff I hear is just ridiculous. But I have another thing now. They assault on the subway. Um, it's no different to me than what happened in Virginia. The, the workers that in Virginia, the waterfront, he was attacked by young people. All these wait, young- wait, 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 wait. Virginia, oh, you said the waterfront, isn't that Alabama? I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, this it, it isn't Alabama. Yeah, okay. It's, it's the same thing. You know, it's just the youth are out of control, all of them, to me. But bottom line, I don't think... But wait, 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 wait. I, I haven't really paid that close detail to what happened in Alabama. I know it has... Uh, racial overtones, but but how, how? Wait, wait, wait. How are the two similar? That's what I'm trying to find out. Okay, on the subways, the, the youth um, they attack some. That's a racist, so they say racist. Okay, the Asian folks in um Alabama, the security guard actually was asked them to move some boat because he had the boat was coming into the dock. They didn't want to move it, and they kept talking. You know, saying please move it. So he started to move it. That's his job. And then about more than ten. Uh, young uh, white boys attacked them, and then a the young lady attacked them, and this is no different because it doesn't matter what color. It's a, there's something wrong with the youth period, and certain times, you know, we can't just say it, it's. You know, I, I hope these ladies got arrested. Did they get arrested um, for, on the subway? Do you know? They are looking for one assailant, the uh, the ringleader, the NYPD. I, wow. I I have to reserve judgment on Alabama because I haven't really paid that close attention to it. But, Audrey, I, I do thank you for the call, and you have a wonderful morning. Dominic Carter here with you, folks. Let's go to Eugene, who's calling from the Philippines, I believe. Is that accurate, Eugene? Eugene? Yes. Are you, are you calling from the Philippines? Yes, sir, I am. I'm 12 hours ahead of you here. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, what's on your mind? Well, Discussing uh, Asian Americans, we've worked with the people and, and most especially the children here for almost 17 years. I couldn't ask for better people. I I feel you, Eugene. I, I really do. Um, <laughs> most most a majority of Asian people that I encounter, they're not looking for trouble. They're looking for a better life. They're hardworking people. They don't cause trouble. Absolutely. Uh, the, the part where we are, we, we work with the poorest of the poor here. An average family here with children earns what would be equal to $100 U.S. Imagine that. Wow. Wow. And, yeah, and, and, and that's, why, that's why a lot of them seek employment abroad, like the U.S. When they get there, they will live on the bare minimum and all the rest of their money they will send back here for their parents and their family. And how long have you lived in the Philippines? Since November the 6th, 2006. 
Wow. And do you like it there? Well, I, I, I joked with the people. You see, it was the, the fault of a wife of a friend of mine in the States. And I'm a New Yorker, by the way. Uh, after church one morning, she looked at me. She said, you know, if you're willing, God would use you in the Philippines. I told her, are you crazy or something? I know where it is, but I've got icicles in my blood. I'll melt there. Well, <laughs> uh, God worked on my heart about it. And I'm glad because uh, I, I, I don't like the hot, high humidity, mm-hmm. volcanoes, mm-hmm. earthquakes and everything. But, hey, God is faithful. Well, Eugene, I, we wish you well. Thanks for calling from the Philippines to uh, give us your two cents on this situation. It is horrible, Eugene, and to our audience. Thank you, Eugene, of what happened to this Asian-American family. We are going to take a break. When we come back, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter and more of your telephone calls. WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. You are listening to those teens yelling at the Asian woman, the 51-year-old woman with her husband and her twin daughters, 11-year-old daughters, teenagers being extremely disrespectful to this woman and then ended up hitting her, pulling her hair. And a woman that was recording this with her cell phone, she got punched as well. That family, the Asian-American family, attacked by teens on the New York City subway were enjoying the final night of a six-week vacation before the vicious assault. The final night, and they they were shocked by such a random outburst of violence. A family of four visiting from Nevada, riding the F train home around 8 p.m. when the teens targeted them. The teens started mocking them. And then it only escalated, and the mother, Sue Young, the Asian-American woman, says, quote, I never encountered this kind of violence. Or, you know, you read about it in the news, I just say, oh, that's not going to happen to me. We've been to New York so many times as visitors. We love this city. I've never seen anything like this before. Those young ladies, I will say it again, they are the walking dead. They just don't know it yet. Their lives are going, in all likelihood, nowhere. We are taking your telephone calls. Let's go to Mary in Virginia. Good morning, Mary. What's on your mind? Good morning. I hope you're having a good day. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, and I hope you are as well. My question is, can can the authorities not hold the parents of these Teenage girls responsible for their actions. If you can hit the parents in the pocketbook, maybe they will take responsibility for their children. Well, good luck with that. And and you're assuming, Mary, that they're not uh, on some government subsidy to begin with. Um, But but no, there's nothing really in the state of New York that you can do to the parents. I wish that you could. Something has to give where where uh these types of situations uh should not happen would you mary visit new york i would not now no why not no because not with all the uh what i hear from from curtis and from what i hear from you i would not even go north of washington dc i would not even go to dc now Wow. Well, thank you for the call, Mary, in Virginia. You do have a council member in D.C. calling for the National Guard with all the violence that is occurring there. Let's go to Mike in Brooklyn. Good morning, Mike. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Um, I think although all those cockroaches should be locked up 
not just the ringleader that attacked the Asian lady. And the, the previous caller, she's right. There should be laws passed that they are fully responsible for the, the man hours and everything of trying to find them, uh, for the police department and everything held against them for, until they pay that fees off. And then being underage, the parents are responsible. When they hit 18, then they become responsible for the bill. I agree with you, Mike. Good luck with that in the state of New York. I mean, it, these politicians are falling over each other to out to out left each other. So that that's not going to happen. But thank you for the call, Mike. Let's go to James in Queens. Good morning, James. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Uh, I want to talk about the Emirates, but first I want to say is most um, is not only in New York City. And also, I don't understand nothing personal against nobody else. Because I'm like, why the Republicans don't get out and vote and get get them get the Democrats out of there? I mean, they do all that talking about the Democrats this and the Democrats that, but how did uh, how did they win the election? Well, Joe James, me, James in 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 New York, Democrats outnumber Republicans with party enrollment, so that that's why. I'm That's talking about far as the president of the United States. Oh, okay. You didn't you didn't mention the president. Well, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't, okay. Well, I didn't say why why don't they get out and vote and vote else the same thing gonna happen again. Biden gonna sit in his basement and and he's gonna win again. If they upset about the Democrats like that, vote, vote, vote. But the reason why I call to say leave them immigrants alone. They ain't bother nobody. When you say yeah. immigrants, who are you referring to? I guess to be, I'm not really sure. I guess you're talking about the migrants. Over, that, okay, so you're, migrant, you're saying yeah. you're saying leave them alone. Yes, you, they're you, not bothering. They, they're not yes. bothering anybody, huh? No, no. You, James, you really they, don't they, see what they're doing. Well, all I hear that they're trying to find some place to stay. Okay, it, so, it, James, it, so James, so James, yes. so James, so so mm -hmm. you you leave your country. To come here, you don't pay mm -hmm. a dime of taxes, and you're taking away from American citizens, and you don't see what they're doing. Yes, I, I see. I see that point. And what about the fact it was a point was made earlier, and I've I've been saying this for months. I said, folks, mark down the date, and then mark down from now. Nine months from now, how many babies are born in America that migrants have? James, you don't see the scam that's going on all the way around the board? Yes, I do. Okay, so then why but would I'm you say leave they, them alone? Because it's not just the immigrants. We had crime before they came. We had prostitutes before they came. I heard they were talking about last week about the prostitutes on Roosevelt Avenue. We had prostitutes on 42nd Street for years. But 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 those problems. But James, come that. on now. But those those problems go back to to when Rudy Giuliani initially took off. Those problems when he took over. Those problems are are, are not recent on Forty Second Street. I mean, James, I I respect you, but what you're saying is part of the problem. I mean, it, it, thank you for the call. It's part of the problem of why I'm about to bring in Frank Morano. But let me go to Steve in Elmont. Good morning, Steve. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. Oh, man, I had a question for you. But first, what I was going to talk about, I won't anymore. I did want to mention about the, the callers that are saying that the parents should be responsible for the kids who are, you know, backwards and acting up. But that would be good if they actually gave the parents the power to be parents still. Remember, wait, 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 wait. If life. they gave the, what you saying they don't have the power now? Every single thing. These kids are so empowered over their parents. These no, no, then. Come on, Steve. Come on, Steve. Let, Steve, no, let's no, call no, it I'm what it is, Steve. Steve, let's call it what it is. These kids are running around. I can't even say on the radio the way that they're running around. Come on, Steve. And it's because their parents don't know a damn thing, and their parents didn't know a damn thing, and it's passed on, and it's generational, and it continues, and most people with common sense move away, and then the others are stuck dealing with all these problems. Okay, so my question to you is, um, growing up, what was who was your favorite rap group? I was around when rap started, so that's a, the Funky Four plus one more Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. What what's the point, Steve? Because I got to move like on. Heavy, no, 
No, I just want to know. Heavy what? Heavy what? I haven't heard you talk about. No, Heavy D. I mean, I Heavy D wasn't in the game. When, well, see, Steve, when rap started, Heavy D wasn't in the game. Not so, just when it started, period. I'm talking about period. Who do you like? Oh, you mean overall? I, I Heavy D yeah, is okay, overall. but I don't understand where this is coming. Where, where this is going, Steve? No, I just wanted to change what we were talking about. It's Fifty years of rap. We know that we're going to talk about Adams, who's losing right, control. But, but you know what? But you know what? Today, but you know what? You know why Adam I'm not talking control. about fifty years of rap? Because I think that's the last yeah. thing in the world that we should be talking about. We've got bigger problems yeah. in the black and Latino community than sitting around talking yeah. about some damn anniversary of rap. No, but, and so, but don't and so we that's why talk I about how the music is influencing? Yes, yes, we, we, yes, yes, so we do. We, could talk we, about we do, music. we do. But I think it's disgusting that the mayor's running around. I'm the hip-hop mayor and 50 events. Mr. Mayor, He's you got right. people dying in the streets. Let's focus on, Steve, I got to go. I wish we had time. You can call tomorrow. We can continue. Let's focus on what's important. 50 years of hip-hop, who cares? In terms of what's going on, you got kids, teenagers that are acting like, I can't say because then I'll end up in trouble. You know what they're acting like. Let's bring in Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, sir. Hello, Dominic. So we are going to do two hours on the 50-year history of hip-hop music. We're going to start with that. We'll see where things go from there. All right. Uh, we got three of my favorite guests coming on the show over the next four hours. On military issues, there is nobody smarter, nobody more outspoken, nobody more controversial, quite frankly, than retired Army Colonel Douglas McGregor. And uh, he's in a lot of demand these days because of all the things that we're seeing with national security, not just Russia, Ukraine, but China. He's going to join me. The only cable news commentator that I actually make a point to watch on a regular basis, Michael Smirkanish. He's going to join me. We're going to talk about the wow uh this no labels candidate for president and polarization in the country in general and as we do every two weeks we're going to talk space for the next hour with dr sky and if people have space questions they can call in 800-848-WABC we'll take them so let's have that conversation on hip-hop let's have it hey <laughs> film at 11 frank morano the other side of it i can't believe what's going on in the world they want to talk about hip-hop Frank Morano on the other side of midnight. I'll be back in 24 hours. Have a great day, folks.